Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Thanks, Daniela. Hey, welcome, everybody. Hey, also, next week is our seventh birthday, so we're excited about that. Yeah, going to be a lot of celebrations. I heard we're going to have ice cream sandwiches, which I don't really have a sweet tooth, but I, I find a way to make it happen when it comes to ice cream sandwiches. So we hope you join us for that. It should be a lot of fun. Thank you, Daniela. It was wonderful. Appreciate you. Uh, today, we're talking about the importance of community. The importance of community. Sadly, there's been this trend uh, that's only increased in its intensity over the last couple of decades of Americans feeling more and more isolated and more and more lonely. I imagine many of you are aware of that trend. Uh, at the same time, a lot of American Christians are leaving the church in increasing numbers, which is sad. Top reason people are giving for, for this sense of isolation and loneliness, at least that I've come across, is the reason of feeling too busy. We just feel too busy to uh, make friends or maintain friendships. We feel too busy for community. And experts are sounding the alarm. I mean, there, in fact, there are a lot of experts who are now calling this widespread sense of isolation and loneliness to be a, quote, epidemic. And they're encouraging us towards friendships, towards community for the sake of mental health, for the sake of emotional health, for the sake of even our physical health. The Bible affirms all these wonderful reasons for the importance of community, for the importance of friendship, and yet takes it quite a bit further than that. And so today we're going to look at this importance of community. Uh, we've been going through this vision series we're calling DNA. You know, what's the DNA of current? What makes us current? What, what are our vision? What are our, our values? And as we've been making these value statements, the way we've been putting it is we want to be a community that's accessible. We want to be a community that's authentic, a community that's outward focused, a community that's generous. Uh, so today what we're going to do is focus in on community, look at the importance of community. And to do that, we're going to look at this very critical text on the matter of Hebrews chapter 10, these, these short few verses, verses 23 through 25, to understand a little bit more deeply the importance of community and, in fact, how it's more important today, biblically speaking, as much as we experience this as a nation, it's more important today than ever before. So let's pray, and then we'll, we'll look at the importance of, of community together. Father, thank you so much for this wonderful community that you've brought together here at Current. Uh, we're so grateful for it. Father, we pray that you would guard it, protect it. We don't take it for granted. And would you use it, would you steward it for the sake of building up those who call Current their home? And would you steward it, steward us for the sake of helping others uh, know and grow in you. Father, we want to pray especially for these Explore God groups that are coming up and, and for all the churches. Some, something, something near 150 churches in the Bay Area that are getting ready to, to, in this unifying moment, put our shoulders together, serve you in this way. Would you bless and be with their leadership 
everybody who's making invitations this week, would you do a wonderful thing, far greater and even more wonderful than, we, than any of us even anticipate. Uh, but Father, as we turn now to your word to understand what it is you have in front of us, would you give us your spirit to make it clear? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So the importance of community. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. So what we're going to do today is look at the importance of community. Really, really zero in on three reasons that we, we can see here in this, this text. The importance of community. Number one, it grounds us in the Lord. Community, specifically church community, grounds us in the Lord. It grounds us in, quote, the hope we profess. Over the last little bit, I've come across two articles, one in the Wall Street Journal, one in the Atlantic, both discussing separately, different articles, uh, this trend that Americans are leaving the church. as just increasingly happened, especially, happening, especially coming out of the pandemic. But one of the things that especially stood out to me from each of these separate articles was how they were interviewing Christians who had kind of stepped away. And the sentiment that some of these who were being interviewed were saying was, first of all, it happened over time, gradually. It wasn't like any of these guys were like, I'm just going to leave the church. I'm done. It wasn't for those reasons, primarily. And then the other thing that really stood out is they, they, they were connecting how leaving the church also meant that they were drifting away from the faith, which they weren't expecting. And in, in fact, they were, they were rueful of. Um, it's, it's worth noting that in this context of Hebrews chapter 10, the, the early Christian church at this point was facing severe persecution. It was the time in early church history when things were starting to get really scary. In fact, if you have a Bible, you can read ahead a few verses and see some of these persecutions listed out, numerated, and they were scary. And so one of the big themes throughout the book of Hebrews was the author saying over and over as point of application was to persevere. One of the main themes of Hebrews is to persevere, to stay strong in the Lord. To stay strong, even when you're facing persecution, especially when you're facing persecution, Christian family, this Hebrews author was saying, stay strong in the Lord because he's your eternal hope. He will ground you like nothing else can. So stay strong in him. And now, at this point in the letter, chapter 10, in this critical juncture in this letter, he's saying, he's making the point that community, community is vitally important in this regard. Community is, is, is one of the most important means, if not the greatest human means, that the Lord gives us in order to help us not swerve from the hope that we profess, to ground us in him. And there's a corollary to this, that if we don't ground ourselves in community, we, we very easily may begin to drift away from the Lord and drift away from, from the faith. But this is incredibly important to help to be in community so that we can ground ourselves in the Lord. Uh, this, this last week, one of our dear leaders here at Current um, has a family member who, uh, who's, whose health condition went from pretty bad to, to quite worse, uh, to the point where uh, this family member uh, was intubated this last week, uh, a couple days ago, Big answer to prayer. They're extubated a couple, like like yesterday or so. So that's that's huge. But it's to the degree that this leader couple needed to fly back and be be with their their loved one. 
We're praying for them. We're, we're with them in spirit, supporting them as best we can. But we were, we were with this leader, talking to them about it, just kind of sitting in it with them. Lots of tears, as I'm sure you can imagine. And we were really thankful. At one point, we were just registering the fact that this loved one has their faith in the Lord. And so we're registering, you know, that's wonderful news. No matter what direction this ultimately goes, their faith is in the Lord. They have eternal hope, eternal life in Jesus. And yet it struck me at one point that even in the midst of these tears, it's like, man, what would we do in situations like, what, what do we do in situations like this if we don't have Christ? You know, as a, as a pastor, from time to time, I get the opportunity, privilege, humble privilege, to do uh, funerals. And funerals, I'll do funer funerals for Christian families, I'll do funerals for, for folks out in the community, uh, not religious. And, of course, if they're asking me to do it, I'm going to be pointing people to Jesus. And I try to do my best to bring hope and comfort in the midst of that. But there's something about facing death or tragedy apart from the hope of Jesus. And what the Hebrews writer here is telling us is Christian family, let's not get out of the habit of being together. It helps ground us in the Lord. And there's a very real warning here that if we don't ground ourselves in the Lord through community, we may very easily begin to drift away from him. Uh, we need to ground ourselves in community by, by being in community. And I'll just say, this is true for those of you who are new in the faith. Okay? One of the things I love about Current is there are many of you here who have in, in the relatively recent past, made decisions to follow Jesus. You're new in the faith. So I'm, a lot of this should be pretty straightforward in the sense of you need to especially be in a community in order to ground yourself, in order to root yourself in the Lord. That, that makes sense, right? But this is also true for those of you who have been following Jesus, perhaps even for a lifetime, for many decades. Uh, Peter, at one point, in his uh, letter to the early church said this, the Apostle Peter said, so I will always remind you of these things. He was talking about the gospel. I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I love this text, incidentally, as a preacher, because it, it tells me that my main job as a preacher is to remind us of God's truth. If you're new to the faith, you're going to be learning a lot of things. My job primarily is not to find something new to tell you something new. Now, I believe the word is alive and active, and there should be something fresh in the word every time we look at it. But the point is, even if you've been following Jesus for a long time, which incidentally is probably true, it's probably true of these Hebrew Christians that this author is writing to, we need to ground ourselves in the Lord. And a, and a, and a primary means to do that is, is in community. The importance of communities, it, ground, it grounds us in the Lord. And number two, it sharpens us and increases our impact. Yeah, look again at verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. It sharpens us and increases our impact. Uh, this word to spur is an interesting one. Uh, not only in our English, but actually also in the original Greek language. Uh, it can also mean more literally to provoke. And in my study this week, biblical scholars uh, were saying that this word in the original Greek, as is true in our English... Uh, most often has a negative connotation. So in English, when we say to provoke or to spur, usually that's with a negative connotation, wouldn't you say? But uh, clearly, Paul is using it in a positive sense, right? We're to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We're to provoke each other even in, in toward, toward love. 
Uh, what this means is we are called to sharpen each other. There's a sharpening agent to, to community. Uh, more literally, we're to speak truth to one another. Uh, if you heard last week when we talked about our value to be a community that's authentic, you know we looked at the, the chapter, uh, chapter 12 of the book of Romans where Paul highlights that we are to love one another as family. Okay, there's, there's that really interesting uh, verse in chapter 12 that says, be devoted to one another in love. And in, the, in the, the, the original language, it more literally says to be devoted, to have familial type affection for one another in sibling type love. And so we're to relate to each other's family. And, and related to that discussion, he said, we didn't have the time to look at it then, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. What he was saying is as we look to love each other as family, as a church, we are called to, to look to help and keep each other accountable to live according to truth. Otherwise, we're not loving, wouldn't you say? I mean, that's the reality of loving like a family is it'll sharpen you. Uh, I'm, as many of you may know from having been around, if you've been around for a length of time, I'm one of six kids. I'm number four. So my life was living chaos uh, just in the early years. And I was reminded actually in, early, in, in conversation earlier this week with one of our leaders how I almost never had my own room in life. I, always had a, I was always sharing a room growing up. And then I think, I want to say it was about six months before uh, Cindy and I got married. I had my own room. And I still vividly remember walking into my own room for the first time being like, <laughs> I'm not making this up. Like, it's so quiet. What do, I, what do I do with this quiet? It's like I needed noise to like sleep at night. I'm like, there's no shuffling. If there's something that will happen to you if you're in a large family, is you will over time, if you're sharing a room especially, you will over time have your rough edges smoothed out a little bit. Any, any people in big families here know what I'm talking about? Uh, we are seeing that happen now with our kids. Uh, just have two. <laughs> who are sharing a room, sharing a bunk bed, all that sort of stuff. There's nothing like sharing a room to help you understand as a sibling that you are not the center of the world. We are having a crash course learning of this right now. And there, the, the point being, as a church family, we are called to love one another, sometimes provoking, spur, spurring one another. It's not the most pleasant th things. I mean, rarely is it pleasant, but it's, but it's often for our good. And frankly, if we didn't have it, there would be all sorts of things about us that we would, would be rough about us, for instance. Look, we aim to be a community that is come as you are. We want to be a church community that is come as you are. That's what Christ was on every page about him. We want to be a community that is come as you are, even as we are also a community that's helping each other not remain as we are. And so we spur one another to love. We, we consider how to spur one another towards love and good deeds. Uh, we don't do this judgmentally. We do this hopefully with great humility, understanding that we ourselves have rough edges. We ourselves are nowhere near in the, the full likeness of Christ by any means. But we look to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We need people in our lives, in other words, that ask questions like, do you think you're pursuing that job for the right reason? Or... Is it the best idea for you to be dating that guy or that gal? I think dating's a great illustration in this regard because I imagine many of us have experienced or at least know intuitively what it's like to be dating or in that dating world 
and just and all of our emotions and feelings are like clouding how we're thinking about things. Do you know what I mean? Is that just me? Dating's a great example. And we needed a friend say at one point in our life to say, yeah, should you be going out? Should you be pursuing a relationship with them? And you know, at the time we were like, yeah, I should be. And then a couple of years later, like, you were so right. I shouldn't have been. We've all been there. And we need people in our lives who are considering us, considering us and, and, and spurring us on towards love and good deeds. And I think that to me is really the application point for this thought is to consider. Are you considering how you might spur those here even in the church in relationship on towards love and good deeds? I love this word to consider. You know who's really good at considering? Good friends. Good friends consider their friends. They are considering them constantly, thinking about considering how they're doing, considering how they might be a support to them, considering if they ought to say something, and if they are going to say something, how they're going to go about saying it. And in the very rare circumstance, considering that maybe an intervention might be needed, are you, are you considering others? How could you consider others in church community? And, you know, now you can see why we're talking about this on the same day as group sign-ups. There's opportunity. There's opportunity to do this. How can you consider others to spur them on towards love, but also to spur them on towards good deeds? Okay? So community not only uh, sharpens us, it also increases our impact. Uh, we're, we're, to, we're to spur one another on towards good deeds as well. Um, by way of example, uh, we are, of course, gearing up for these Explore God groups that we're doing as a church. And uh, this last week at staff, we were talking about this together. And at one point, Cindy said, she's like, guys, if we are asking the church to go out with these invitations and make invitations as staff, as leaders, we should probably be leading out in this. So here's what we're going to do. Next week, we're going to all share who we invited this, you know, the week prior. She was clear to say, we're not going to do this in a legalistic way, but we're going to, let's, let's come back next week and share who we've invited. That's spurring. <laughs> That's spurring on towards, towards good deeds. It's already helping me in, in a good way. Now, look, we can easily overdo the spurring thing. So we've got to be careful. But just as easily as we can overdo the spurring thing, we can also not do it at all. Wouldn't you say? We need to consider how we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Sharpening one another, helping one another think about the very things God calls us in community to think about, and that is being his source of love and light in the world. We need to consider one another. How can you be considering others in the church? So community is important because it grounds you in the Lord. It sharpens and increases your impact. And number three, it encourages and builds you up. Church community is important because it encourages you and builds you up. Verse 25. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Christian community in the church is vitally important for the sake of encouraging and building each other up. And in my humble perspective, as I look out at the world and as I read my newsfeed, our world, if anything, our nation is looking to tear each other down versus actually build people up. Wouldn't you say? And it's my humble perspective that our world, our nation, desperately needs encouragement. 
desperately needs people looking to build them up, build us up. So last week I got an article sent to me about a pastor, young, relatively young pastor who, who retired from, from the ministry. And in this article, he was kind of enumerating all the ways in which it, that led him to say, you know, I'm, I'm done being a pastor. And I was reading this and I was thinking, I hope there's not a comment section. And I felt that thought as I also knew that this is almost exclusively going to be Christians reading this article. You tracking? And I was reading it and I was thinking, oh boy, you know, if I was a good friend of this guy, I may have thought, maybe you could word this differently. And I, I read the comment section and I got, I had told Cindy like 15 minutes later, oh no, I just went into the black hole of the comment section. And it was just like, how could you leave the pastor for, you know, just, I'm just like, oh man. And all I wanted to do was find this guy and give him a hug. You know what I mean? I just, and even if I had things that if I happened to be in his life, I could consider and encourage, I, I'm not even sure I would talk about any of that, at least in the short run. I would just look to be like, man, Lord bless you, brother. It is, the world is desperate for encouragement. And you guys know the statistics. It's like, man, for every criticism, we need however many encouragements to try to like. And notice, scripturally speaking, in this text, as he's telling us to consider how we may spur one another, provoke one another towards love and good deeds, he then counterbalances it with this thought. Let us be encouraging one another. Right? There's a counterbalance there. In fact, the spurring one is modified. You've got to consider it. Think about it before you go there. Think about it. Meanwhile, grammatically speaking, the encouraging one is just do it. It's a, it's a participle. It's like just make this an ongoing practice. Uh, a week ago, I was asked for coffee and I uh, got together with a gentleman in the church. And, you know, appointments like these, I'm always just like thinking about pastorally. How can I be a support to them? How can I be praying for them? And at one point, I, I basically asked that question. How can I be a support to you? And this gentleman looked at me. He's like, huh? I, oh, uh, I, I wasn't really thinking, thinking about that. That's not why I made this appointment. I made this appointment really because I wanted to see how you're doing and how, how it could be a support to you. I said, what? what? <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. But I'm just I'm trying to make the point. It's really moving. And then he started to share about how God had been using the current family. He didn't say David once. He didn't infer to David's part in any of it. He said how the current family has been activating his, uh, has been activating his family to follow the Lord. One of the stories he gave was how his kids wanted to leave vacation early in order to get back to current teens. And I was encouraged to the moon and back. In fact, I wanted to tell the, the youth team that. Consider yourself told. I'll have to figure out a way to tell everybody else. <laughs> we need to find ways to encourage. What does that look like to encourage one another? Um, it seems to me it's calling something out specifically that's had a positive impact. I think for Christians especially, it's calling out something specifically someone's done, said, thought, whatever, expressed, and connecting it to the Lord's kindness, what the Lord's doing. Hey, when you said this, it meant so much to me in this way. Hey, when you did this, I'm so glad I had a chance to zero back to you, because you may have never known, but this really impacted my life in, in, this, in this way. We're called to encourage one another. Not, I'd encourage you to encourage someone. How can you be encouraging somebody in the church? Not me, by the way. 
I'm up here. How can, how can you find ways to encourage others in the church for how God's using them in your life or as you see in others? Wouldn't it be amazing, current family, if we were a church known for our encouragement, how we encouraged others, how we were building people up? Christian community in the church is vitally important because it grounds us in the Lord. It sharpens and increases our impact. It sharpens us and increases our impact. And it encourages us, builds us up. A couple of takeaways that we're going to move through pretty quickly that we see here in the text. First of all, notice that community takes intentionality. Okay? Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Let us consider how we may spur one another on. It's strikingly clear that the points the Hebrews author is making here is none of this will happen on its own. This kind of community won't just happen on its own, but it takes us being intentional about it. Encouraging one another, that's not just going to happen. Spurring one another, that's not going to happen. Being present in order for any of this to be in the possibility, in the realm of possibility, isn't just going to happen. So it takes intentionality, but community also takes discipline. Let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Um, I forget where I've shared this, but I remember Cindy and I got a chance to talk to an accountant uh, coming out of the pandemic, a, a church accountant that works with a lot of churches in the Bay Area and beyond. So it was a real uh, privilege to get to talk to this guy. He's, he's being helped to us as, as a church. And we were, and it, before I let, let him go on the phone call, I said, hey, before I let you go, I would love to hear your thoughts on the state of the church. You see the chessboard. I'd, like, what are, you, what are you seeing? And coming out of the pandemic, coming out of shelter in place, I thought he was going to say something about finances, I thought he was going to say something about economic trends, because that's his area of expertise. But without skipping a heartbeat, he said, I am nervous that people are, not, are going to fall into the habit of going to church regularly. I said, whoa, really? What do you mean? He's like, well, just take me as an example. My wife and I have been attending church faithfully, consistently for decades. Given faithfully to church. We've volunteered faithfully for the church over that time. And I'll tell you what, I have never been more in the place where I just, like, I wake up in the morning on a Sunday and I'm like, I'm not feeling 100%. Are you feeling 100%? Let's just hang out in bed and watch, tea, watch church or something like that. He called it Pancake Church. <laughs> Let's do Pancake Church today. He's like, I'm really nervous for the, I'm nervous for, for churches for this, if that's happening. He's like, but I'm also nervous for those Christians who are, who are doing it for, for them and their faith walk. Incidentally, I want to call this out because we have a wonderful online team. He pointed out, he said, I'm not knocking online uh, capabilities among churches. He said, I feel like that coming out of the pandemic is a wonderful win for churches across the board. So thank you, team, for what you're doing. He's just saying, man, I'm, I'm nervous about people not going in person. And that really, that really struck me. Even somebody as, as faithful over the long haul as him is going like, that's, that's what I'm nervous about. Community takes discipline. I think of it as like working out. For those of you guys who, who've worked out for an extended period of time, you know statistics, uh, the research shows this. It's definitely true of me. It takes a number of weeks, typically about six to eight weeks, to get into the groove of working out. You know, before that, for me, it's like, oh boy, it's like I just got to make it to six or eight weeks. But once I get to six or eight weeks, then it's like it's almost, in some ways, harder to not go and keep be consistent about it than if I were to... You know, it's, not, it's no longer an issue for me. And, I, and if, if we need to be intentional and disciplined about something like working out and our physical health, 
we need to be intentional and disciplined about community and what the Lord calls us to specifically in church community. It takes intentionality, it takes discipline, and then number three, it takes urgency. We need to be doing this, quote, all the more as you see the day approaching. So that word day is capitalized in our translation, rightfully so. Whenever biblically the day is referenced, capital D, day, it's referencing Jesus' second coming. Okay, this, this joyous occasion that Christians all eagerly await. Our hope is, is in the Lord coming back. What's astounding to me about what the Hebrews author is saying here is just as much, if not more so, than the Hebrew audience that was facing severe persecution to the tune of having a hard time going to church for they might be persecuted for it. As much as they needed to go to church then, he's saying, all the more do we need church community today. This only gets more important over time. And that's a little mind-boggling considering what these guys were going through. How do we make sense of that? Well, he doesn't go into it, but it seems to me, just to throw out a thought, it seems to me that as time progresses, there are these forces in the world, the Bible talks about this in different places, there's these strong, turbulent forces at work in the world. Be them political, social, moral, social, economic, you name it, strong forces that will pound on us. And we need all the more as time progresses to take seriously, as the day approaches, we need all the more be in community, not get the, give up the habit. So we need to be disciplined about it. And I would just say pastorally, don't delay. Um, I've sat with a number of families that have gone through uh, tragedy where because they weren't super connected in, in community, it was a little bit harder to support them. I mean, you do the best you can. And then I wonder how many more I'm not able to sit with because of lack of being in community. And then the flip side, I would say, is we need to not delay not just in case of tragedy striking, but also, in, in some ways, biblically speaking, more so if fortune, in a worldly sense, strikes. Because if fortune strikes, let's take the Silicon Valley cliche, you make it big or whatever, and you're not in community then, the Bible would warn you there. You need, you need community helping, helping you through that. Um, you know who I admire in all of this, in, in this regard? Military families. Uh, if not for God using certain military families in the life of the church, current would probably not be current the way we are today. It's, it's been pretty incredible, particularly because we're so close to Moffett Airfield over here. But military families are incredible in this regard because what almost always happens is when a military family comes and checks out current for the first time, it's like next week they're serving. It's like, how did I meet? How long have you been coming? It's like, last week. And early on, I was like, Why? how's this happening? Like, what? what's the deal? And I, I thought maybe it was like the military discipline. You know, it's like, you just got to be disciplined. And, and, you know, when I got to, I've had the chance to have these conversations. They're like, sure, that's part of it. But really, we get three years in whatever location we're at. We're stationed for three years. And then the military moves us on to the next spot. And so we want to make the time count. I'm like, that makes sense. But that's true of all of us. I mean, on one level, I think three years in the Silicon Valley is long for the average. 
But even aside from that, there's a sense of urgency where time is short. You just, there's, a, there's an encouragement to do this all the more as the, as the day's approaching. If I can try to summarize what I think to be the main thought here in this text is you need others and others need you. It's the way the Lord's designed it. He, he doesn't just bring you into faith in a relationship with him. He brings you into a faith family. He's been thinking about you and thinking about you in community, that you would be built up in these ways, but that through you, he would use you to build others up. And I think it's often that second part of it, uh, you need others, and others need you, that we tend to downplay or not, not see, but the Lord, the Lord wants to use you. Um, two takeaways, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Two takeaways, perhaps even next steps, depending. Uh, number one, I want to encourage you to prioritize or reprioritize Sundays, these corporate, large, in-person gatherings that we have. I recognize fully that I'm speaking to the choir a little bit here, right? By definition, you're here, okay? But if you're online, or maybe you're here, and this is your one per, per month day, or uh, I don't know who you are, I'm just saying it. I would just say to encourage you, and look, the last thing I want you to do is fear, feel spiritual guilt, okay? That's not what we're talking about here. You decide. But I, I think the Lord's saying this is something we need to take seriously. It's so, it's so incredibly important. Um, I actually met a new couple today visiting for the first time, at, and they're trying to get back to in-person after the pandemic. How awesome is that? It's like, man... It was a fun conversation. I was like, we're talking about that today. Um, uh, real quickly, before I move on from that thought, prioritizing in-person corporate worship together in, in person is don't underestimate the value of your ministry of presence. And what I mean by that is you being here is already in some ways indirectly doing a lot of what we're talking about. Let me give you a specific example. You being here is encouraging meeting you, hearing, seeing your smile, you bringing in whatever hardship you might be bringing in, all of that is encouraging just by showing up. It's a gift to the church that frankly we can take for granted. But what I'm saying is I would encourage you to prioritize uh, Sundays in person as you can. And the number two, of course, as we've been highlighting today, I'd encourage you to check out a group. Uh, in the book of Acts, it was describing how the, the earliest Christians would get together in two ways. One, they'd get together in a large group in a place called Solomon's Colonnade. Okay, that's where they did their large corporate worship setting, more or less. And then the other thing it highlighted is, is that they also got together in each other's homes, broke bread together, practiced all the one another's in, in loving each other. And that's what we're uh, highlighting today as we do group signups or group signups uh, today. We're going to be doing things a little bit differently as Daniela highlighted earlier. We're going to be doing current groups that are going to be going through the Explore God material. So that should be fun. They're going to kind of mirror the messages on Sunday. We're going to be also have the same, similar discussions in groups. And then we're going to have these Explore groups, Explore, Explore God groups, that are especially for you or your friends, coworkers, who don't have religious background. Or maybe you are very new in the faith. Very new. I'm talking within the last however many months kind of deal because our whole goal in this group is for it to be driven by people who don't have much background. Does that make sense? We want the culture of it to be like, I, I have these questions. Oh yeah, bring those. 
And so that's where if you want to, you know, anybody can go, well, I was going to say anybody can go to any group. Christians, you can't come to the Explore group. We're trying to, we're trying to fence that off. If, unless you bring somebody who doesn't know Jesus to help them feel comfortable. Is that making sense? Um, so that's the idea behind it. Those are Explore groups, and the others are current groups where, where anybody's welcome. Um, as the band comes up, and we close our time together, uh, we aim to be a community that's accessible, that's outward focused. We aim to be a community that's authentic and generous. Uh, community is, is vitally important to what we're about, but it doesn't just happen. We need each other. And it's true more today than it was, than it has been before, that you need others and others need you to encourage them, to build them up, to sharpen them, to help them ground in their faith. And, and the last thing I want to say here is let us not forget that at the end of the day, this community is not the end goal. It's a means to an end, and that end is to connect us more fully to the Lord, our eternal hope. It's he who's given us the gift of this community for however long you're in Silicon Valley, for however long current is your home. He's given me, you, and you, me, and each other to all of us, that we have to point each other to him for such a time as this. And I want to end with this, reading this verse one more time. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Father, again, we want to say thank you for this community you've blessed us with. We don't take it for granted. Help us to steward it well in these ways we talked about, including with our presence. Help us to not give up the habit of meeting together. Help us to spur, help us to consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Help us encourage one another. Help us help each other hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. We ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. All right, the team's gonna close us out by song. I just want to say at this time the, we're gonna continue 